Sunday, we'll stay right here where we're at. <laughs> First in line for Monday morning. Yes. Uh, Sheila's daughter-in-law, Angelica, they've come here many times, and my little buddy Odin. Um, Angelica's brother and father were in a just a freak accident where a tree fell on them while they were driving this week, and it killed her brother uh, in his late 30s with two children, and her father is still in critical condition in the hospital in Virginia. Would you remember this family who will bury a brother and a son while the father is in the hospital in critical condition? Um, I just believe that right now, if you will agree with me, we can speak life over that uh, man in the hospital there. And Father, you just go right into that room right now and by the stripes that were laid on Jesus' back as Lazarus, the song we sang this morning, waited there for you to speak his name. I pray that this uh, Father will hear you speak his name and he will wake up out of this critical condition. You will make him whole, well, and healed. In Jesus' name. And everybody agreed? said amen, so be it, in Jesus' name. Get your Bibles out, or your smart devices, or phones, everybody can get those out right now. We need to figure out what is going on with our uh, Facebook Live. We were having 20 plus viewers, and all of a sudden it's not notifying people anymore, so we've got like five, so everybody go and share it right now. Let them know that the notification may not have gone out, but we are still live uh, right now and that they can get some help on this Mother's Day. We are in Luke, the fourth chapter, and we are discussing the ministries of Jesus. There's five ministries of Jesus listed in Luke, the fourth chapter. There were many other ministries that Jesus did and still does. Yes. But the five specific ones there that he talks about, I'm putting an ING on the end of them to show the action of these ministries. Last week we talked about saving. He, one of the ministries of Jesus was salvation. He's still saving souls. And as ambassadors of the kingdom, his ministry is our ministry, and we should have the goal of seeking and saving the lost and bringing them to Christ. We're going to look at mending today. He mends broken hearts. We're going to talk about freeing Anointing and healing, those are the five ministries listed uh, there. Uh, talking about mending today, mending the broken hearts, he says, we'll get to the scripture in just a second, but I want to tell a Mother's Day mom story, okay? My mom has been gone for four years now. Um, I'm wearing pink for Pink Mama on uh, Mother's Day. She loved pink uh, and the story goes, I was going to say the legend goes, <laughs> but the story goes that when my mom and dad were getting married on the day of their wedding at the Nitro Church of God, my grandmother, my mom's mother, lived right down the street from the church, but she was not attending the wedding. Just think about that. I don't know the particular reasons, do you? And, uh, but she wasn't going to the wedding. She, I, I have heard that she didn't like my dad. I just heard that. And so she wasn't going to support the wedding, so she was not attending. My Aunt Yvonne, my mom's sister, was trying to handle everything and got overwhelmed, and there was a piece of my mom's garment, I think it was the wedding veil, that uh, was not 
sewn together correctly and was falling apart. My grandmother was a great seamstress, so my Aunt Yvonne, with the church being so close, takes that garment over to the house where my grandmother mended that garment, put it back together, and got under conviction and decided that her daughter needed her, and she went to the wedding and became one of my dad's biggest fans throughout his ministry. Mending. My grandmother had the ability and the talent to mend garments. My mom had a little bit of that. I can re remember her sewing buttons on shirts and holes in jeans and stuff growing up. They had the ability. How many of you mothers have the ability to sew, to mend? Yes. <laughs> Brandy said no. No, not here. Uh, my One of my second moms, Carolyn, has done a lot of my seamstress work. Brandy Barton has done a lot of that for me. These women who can mend garments that have been torn, and they can mend them. Luke 4.18, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Underline that word anointed. We're going to talk about it later in the month. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. We talked about salvation through the gospel last week. He has sent me, so the Father sent the Son to heal the brokenhearted. One translation says to mend the broken. To proclaim liberty to the captives. You can underline that word liberty. There's where we're going to talk about freedom and freeing. The recovery of sight to the blind, that's healing. And to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The King James uses the word bruised. So he has sent me to heal, mend the brokenhearted, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, bruised. Those two go together in the subject of mending. Will you pray with me now? Father, we sense your presence. We know you are here. We know that you want to mend brokenness. You are a great restorer. And this morning, as the words of restoration and mending go forth, may those who feel brokenhearted and those who feel bruised sense healing and restoration. We believe that you are doing it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are, or if you have ever been, brokenhearted, raise your hand. Those of you who didn't, you either aren't old enough yet or you're lying. <laughs> because we've all been, uh, we've all experienced painful memories that brought us to brokenness, whether that was a divorce, a breakup, a death, a tragedy, whatever that may have been. But I believe this next scripture is going to encourage you. So get your Bibles out. Mark this scripture down. It will help you through the week. It would be a good one to memorize so, because when you go through these times of loneliness, brokenness, depression, cry out and believe in Psalm 147 verse 3 where David said that he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. This binding up of the wounds is it means any sorrows that you have. He will come and heal those. I believe he's already provided for that healing through the stripes that were beaten on uh, Jesus' back, the crown of thorns placed on his head so that we could wear a crown of victory and have peace of mind. Can somebody help me with that? 
and that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised so that he could heal our bruises. Hmm. Now, a brokenhearted is a person who has been shattered, fractured, torn apart by a life event. It's the picture of those whose lives who have been continually split up and fragmented. Anybody ever feel split up, fragmented, and torn apart? This word could describe you and shattered the shattered emotions that you deal with as an aftermath of broken dreams, broken relationships that you've experienced. The word heal here is the Greek word that means to set free or to loosen from the detrimental effects of a shattered life. I love this part of it. It's implied that there is a release from the destructive effects of brokenness. Anybody want that release today? Come on, put your hands together and say, yes, Lord, I want that. Jesus said the anointing of Holy Spirit is sufficient to release you from the pain of any experience and then to restore to wholeness. His desire is not for His people to remain broken or to even feel broken, but to feel whole. And according to Isaiah, the 10th chapter, verse 27, it is the the anointing, the power and the presence of God that destroys the yoke from off of your neck and releases you from the weight of the burden of brokenness that's on your shoulders. And we're going to talk about the anointing. Don't miss Pentecost Sunday on May the 28th when we talk about the anointing because it's not something that you earn. It's something that he's already given to you as a gift. Now it can be stirred up. There can be an unction to come upon you and I don't want to preach that message yet. But I'm excited about it. When we speak of this brokenness that he came to heal, it's more than the broken heartedness of, oh, my girlfriend broke up with me. Now, God does heal that, but it's more than just uh, a puppy dog love that somebody got their heart broken when their first crush didn't say hey to them. Because we've been there, and God heals that. We're talking about a deeper inner wound. So here in Luke 4.18, Jesus said he was sent to mend the broken heart. The broken hearted. Now that's, that's a two-part, there's two words there in the English language. Broken and heart. And they've been brought together as a compound word, broken hearted. And amazingly, in the Greek, it's two words. Let's look at the word broken. Centribia. It means to break, to shatter into pieces, or to bruise. That's why in the Greek that he uses in that verse 18, he uses both brokenhearted and bruised in the same scripture there. He's going to set at liberty those that are bruised, and he's going to mend or heal those that are broken. And that's what that word broken means. And then we have the word cardiac, heart. It's where we get the cardiac care unit, or the cardiac was referring to, to the heart as an organ. Now this use of heart is found over 800 times in the Bible. Old and New Testament. Now watch this. But not not one time is it ever used to refer to the organ that pumps blood. Think of that. 
800 times the word heart is used in the scripture, but not one of those does it refer to the organ of the heart. When we talk about you being broken hearted, we're not talking about the organ of your heart that pumps blood because if it was broken due to a heart attack or any other type of cardiac arrest, you would have to seek medical treatment and probably have to have surgery. We're not talking about the organ that pumps the blood. Most theologians have defined the heart as the seat of our emotions. It's where our thoughts and our feelings are. And it's often translated in different versions of the Bible, the word heart is translated as soul. So the word soul, we know, and we've taught here that it is our mind, our will, and our emotions. There's something deep in you that can get hurt and probably has been hurt down through the years. And Jesus came, it says the Father sent him, he came to heal and to mend that brokenness. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Is this resonating with you? To take all the shattered pieces of your life and put them back together again. This may seem awkward, this may seem weird, but the Lord has given me a special ability to do funerals. Don't like to do them. Uh, that's one of my least favorite things to do, but can I be real honest and transparent with you? I'd rather do a funeral than a wedding. I've never had anybody argue with me at a funeral. <laughs> Think about it. But man, some weddings, I've had some doozies. But one of the things that the Lord gave me years ago that I've used many times, but it, it jumped in my spirit this week, not because that this is a funeral service, but because it is appropriate for talking about brokenness. And the story goes that there was a little boy that had made a vase for his mother for Christmas. And he spent time at preschool making this vase. He was so excited about it. He and his dad were keeping it a secret from his mother so that he could wrap it up and put it under the Christmas tree and he could give that vase to her at Christmas. And I can, oh, I can already feel it. <clears throat> so Christmas morning comes and he's excited and he's wrapping, uh, unwrapping all of his presents. You know how kids are. He was up at 4.30 a.m., and he was ready to come downstairs. He's throwing paper everywhere, and he forgets about the vase, and his dad nudges him after he's done with all of his gifts and says, remember your mom's gift. And he gets excited, and he runs to the Christmas tree, and he grabs that gift that's wrapped up, and he comes running to his mom, and as he's running, he trips and he falls, and that vase shatters into a million pieces. The little boy is devastated. He just can't believe that he broke this gift that he wanted to give to his mother. For Christmas. And his dad pulls him to the side and he says, Son, don't worry about it. We can put all of the pieces back together again. Can I tell you this morning that the Father is pulling you to the side? Doesn't matter how many pieces your life has been shattered, 
into and how many times that it's been shattered. The Father is gently nudging you this morning and saying, "Come." he wants to whisper in your ear and tell you, I have the ability to take all of the pieces of your life and mend them and make something beautiful out of what you feel is broken. Somebody say amen to that. Mm. So Jesus came to heal those who've had their hearts broken, shattered, and bruised. And he does say in the bottom portion of verse 18 that he came to set at liberty those who were oppressed or bruised. Uh, Now, um, my medical people help me if I get this wrong because I am not a medical doctor, but I did stay at the Holiday Inn Express last night. (laughs) A bruise is when the capillaries under the skin break. And then there's a discoloration because of the bleeding under the skin where those capillaries have broken. So there's a bruise that's there. And when that discoloration begins to go away, that area can stay sensitive and be re-injured quickly because it's in the healing process. And I have dealt with a lot of people whose bruises continue to manifest because they're still vulnerable and sensitive in certain areas, and because there's not been complete and total healing in those areas, they easily. Here's an example of that: you were teased and made fun of when you were a child and bullied, and then you're an adult and you feel like you've outgrown that. But in a conversation with people, they begin to say things that become hurtful that are uh, you're still sensitive to and you feel bullied again and that bruise that you thought was healing begins to the discoloration shows back up and you're still wounded you're still bruised but I can tell you like Psalm 147 verse 3 says he came to heal the brokenhearted and to bind up their wounds their sorrows to set at liberty to release those who are oppressed or bruised some of you've been wounded over and over and over again. And it seems like you have spent your whole life broken and bruised. I'm here to let you know this morning that you are not broken. Mm. Now, at the end of this message this morning, the Holy Spirit has told me to help facilitate Jesus' ministering to your broken heart. I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but he's told me to help facilitate the ministry of Jesus healing your broken heart. So you're going to leave here today with a part of your heart healed and with a way of allowing him to continue to mend you. Isn't that exciting? Now let me mention this. The heart can think. Did you hear that? The heart can think. How do you, Proverbs 27, verse 3. As a man thinks, where? In his heart. So is he. Now, I'm going to grab that idea that the heart can think. All right? You just, will you go with me? Because we're talking about brokenness. We're talking about the heart, the seat of the emotions, mind, will, and emotions. The heart can think. Jeremiah 17, 9, under the old covenant, watch what the teaching in the old covenant did. The heart is deceitful above all things. Thank God Jeremiah goes on to say in verse 30 that he was going to take that old heart out. Come on, somebody. He was going to put a brand new heart of flesh inside of us that's pliable and teachable and workable and moldable. But 
in the old covenant under that old teaching, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Well, let's jump into the new covenant and find out what it says in First John verse three, uh, chapter 3, verse 24. If your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart and knows all things. And he won't condemn you. Your heart will condemn you. Now, Holy Spirit will convict you and guide you as a child and as a son and say, that's unbecoming of a son. You need to act this way, change this. You ought to be doing this. But your heart will condemn you. And if you're receiving a teaching that tells you that your heart is deceitful, then you haven't heard the good news of Jesus came to give you a brand new heart, not just restore the old one. Brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Then Philippians tells us that the peace of God guards our hearts. This stinking thinking or broken thinking from a lot of the ways that we've been taught has to stop. We need our thinking mended. I believe that our thinking is fragmented. Our thinking is shattered. What do I mean by shattered and fragmented? We're pulling this from that covenant. We're pulling that from this covenant. We're pulling this from that teaching. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You must understand what covenant you are under and what Jesus has done for you and the terms and the conditions of that covenant or you will still be trying to fulfill the, the terms and the conditions of a covenant that has already been fulfilled by the one Jesus Christ at the cross. We need our thinking healed. Fragmented, shattered thinking. The way we think of ourselves, the way we think of others, and the way that we think about the Father. God desires... Papa desires for you to have peace. And he provided that peace through the Prince of, Prince of Peace himself. So, we've got to get rid of this stinking thinking that, or broken thinking that looks like this. Three things real quick. Listen to them. I stink. That's low self-esteem with no inner peace. Number two, you stink. Poor view of others and no peace with others. Hebrews says to strive with peace with all men. Number three, life stinks. That's bitterness. God doesn't love me. Nothing ever goes my way. I'm talking to somebody. And you have no peace with God. God desires that you have peace. He's provided for that peace. So our broken thinking needs to be changed and we need to stop the stinking thinking. Then it would look like this. I am loved. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows my innermost thoughts and loves me anyway. It was when I was at my worst that he sent Jesus to die for me. He loves me for God so loved the world that he gave his son. Now I can love others. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. I have a model. I see how he acted towards others. Now I can act that same way with love towards each other. And here we go. We're going to stop the, break, the broken thinking. I am enjoying life knowing that my Father loves me. Amen. Those three things, we just change the way that we think about them and we change the way that we talk about them. 
Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Then Paul tells the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 2.16, But you do have the mind of Christ. And his thinking isn't broken. The way he thinks about you, the way that he knows and thinks about himself, and the way that he thinks about the Father is not broken. And you have that mind in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So I declare over you today that your thinking is not broken. Hmm. The mind. The, the definition in the Greek is to feel, think, or to have an opinion of oneself. By implication, it means to be predisposed in a certain direction. Now, if you want to keep your mind, like Matthew just said, it might make you go crazy sometimes. But if you'll declare over yourself and speak over yourself and lay your hands on your mind and you say, I have the mind of Christ, then I'm predisposed in a certain direction. And that direction is the Father loves me, Jesus gave His life for me, and the Spirit is filling me with His love, joy, peace, and righteousness. I keep hearing in my spirit, new view, new you. New view, new you. If you want to keep viewing yourself as broken, you'll stay broken. But if you'll view yourself as whole, a new view, a new you. I keep hearing that in my spirit. So many times I believe we've had poor thinking of ourselves and that has led us to not being the best version of ourselves. Can I keep going? All right. Then we label ourselves as broken people. I hear it all the time. We're just broken people. No, I'm not broken. If I'm broken in my thinking, then I'm going to act out in my brokenness. But I'm not broken. You can't tell me that I'm broken. I'm whole. By the, what Jesus did for me and the gift that He's given me, I'm whole. I see myself as whole. I declare that over myself that I'm whole. I'm helping some people right now. I'm giving them, we're, we're going through some uh, biblical advice and spiritual guidance. I'm not a counselor. I'm not licensed, but I'm a coach. And I can coach you and I can help you in life and give you some biblical advice and some spiritual guidance. And I gave a brother yesterday a whole sheet of things laminated that he can begin to declare over his own life. I think it's good that I can say, I'm not going around saying I stink, you stink, and life stinks. I'm going around saying I'm loved, I can love you, and I'm enjoying life because of the Father loves me. That doesn't mean we don't have battles, trials, and bruises. But a fresh vision leads to a better version. Change the way in your imagination begin to see yourself as whole. Then begin to talk to yourself like you're whole. But a a fresh vision leads to a better version. You need to see yourself in a new light. Self-image is the thermostat. It sets the level at which you will function. So if you view yourself as broken, you're setting the thermostat of living a broken life and that's how you'll function. And because I'm broken, then I'm going to treat my brothers and my sisters as broken people as well. Hmm. Matthew 6, verse 22 in the New American Standard Bible says, The eye is the lamp of the body. And if the eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. Start seeing yourself in the light of God. That same passage goes on to say, 
Quit being so worried about the speck in your brother's eye when you have a plank in your own eye. I call it a telephone pole. And see what that telephone pole is doing is it's blocking the light. And if there's no light that enters into the light, then we can't see. And so if there's an obstruction there, if it's a stigmatism or a sty or a telephone pole in your eye, you won't be able to see yourself or your others the way that God wants you to see. Why? Because it's not brought into the light of God. So get that pole out of your eyes. Then you won't have to worry about the speck in your brother's eye because you'll already see them as whole people too. And you'll speak life into them. You'll see them in the light of God. What you gaze at is what you will gravitate toward. We produce what we continually keep in front of us. What are we keeping in front of us? Oh, that's good stuff. He's a good preacher. What you gaze at, you'll gravitate towards. And then what you continually keep in front of you, that's what you'll produce in your life. The reason we stay stuck in stinking thinking is simply because our vision needs to improve. Talking about mending broken thinking. Because most of the time we will hear preaching that tells us that we are broken and here's five things that you need to be made whole. But I'm going to come to you and I'm going to tell you that Jesus already did 9,999 things that you need to make you whole and to mend your brokenness. The only thing you need to do is work on the way you think. That's what the word repent means, to change your mind. One example of staying in a rut is picturing yourself as broken. I want everyone, put this on the screen for me, Shane. Everybody out loud on the count of three, read what's on the screen. One, two, three. I am not broken. Declare that over yourself every day. I'm not broken. I'm whole. I'm a whole man. I'm a whole woman. Spirit, mind, and body. With new vision through faith-filled eyes, you are literally changing the structure, the posture, and the strategy of your life when you get rid of this stinking thinking. you got to see it. Guys, if you all will come to the platform. You've got to see it to be it. Your imagination is a powerful thing. If you can't imagine it and see it in your spirit, you're not going to be able to be it. Stop settling for good enough. I think that's where a lot of people are stuck right now. They've got this mentality of good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not smart enough. I just rebind. I bind that. I rebuke that. I cast that out. You are good enough because he has declared that you are good because of his goodness. Enlarge your vision of yourself and of others. Expand your territory. I want to stop right here for just a second. As you see this on the screen, your dreams have to be bigger than your memories. A lot of people stay broken because they are stuck with memories of the past. When I look back at the past, I want to look back and I want to see where I've come from not to rehearse the hurt of the past. But my dreams for where I am, if you're not imagining bigger things than where you are right now, you're going to stay where you're at for a long time. Imagine things for your kids. I don't have grandkids yet, but I've already imagined playing with them. Matter of fact, one of them is going to go to the NFL. and going to make me a millionaire too. 
Matthew's declaring that with me. We're in line for that. Amen. I, I, you, all right. Your dreams have to be bigger than your memories. Now, our, our relationships are vital to the success of our dreams. The company you keep will either lift us up to the next level of thinking or throw us in the pit. You remember what happened in Genesis 37 when Joseph's dreams were bigger than his memories but not everybody agreed with it. So he had to reevaluate his relationships. And in that reevaluation of his relationships, he had to make a decision that I need to hang out with people who see me the way the Father sees me. Any relationship that isn't helping elevate me and propel me towards my dreams, goals, and desires must be reconsidered. If they can't see your worth, it's not worth your time. I'm not talking about when God brings you to someone that is in need and has a hurt and a wound and you're ministering to them. I'm talking about relationship bonds that you have friendship, you hang out with people, you spend time with them. And when you are with them, you leave pulled down because of the activities that you got. I'm talking to somebody right now. You're getting involved in activities that aren't elevating you, propelling you towards your dreams, your goals, and your desires. I mean, if you have a dream to accomplish a certain task in your life and every time you get around somebody they pull you down and you end up leaving stripped of your uh, joy stripped of your enthusiasm and stripped of all that desire to go after you need to reevaluate that relationship are they going to help me get to where God wants me to get if they can't see my worth then it's not worth my time now every, everybody is worth spending a little bit of time with when it comes to pointing them to Jesus. But not everybody's worth your time if they're going to pull you down. You minister to them and you move on. Jesus has already done the work of mending broken hearts. We've got to start thinking differently get rid of this broken thinking in our hearts and in our minds and in doing that you're not performing any work or duty to receive salvation see we get earning and effort mixed up you're not earning anything from God but there are some things that require effort in the kingdom of God on our part and it's not an earning. The work has been done. But if I don't make an effort of changing the way that I think, I'll never step into being that whole man, that whole woman that he's made me to be. It's working out what has already been worked in. Walking out what's already been worked in. Would you stand with me, please? Father, we 
are bowing before you this morning and humbleness we believe that Jesus was sent to do exactly what you wanted him to do and that he accomplished that work that he mended our broken hearts and that he has set at liberty released us from the detrimental effects of our brokenness we don't have to walk around in oppression and sorrow he's binding up our wounds now help us to make decisions better decisions godly decisions in the way that we think and make choices so that we can step into this wholeness we declare today that we are a whole people you have made us whole we may not be experiencing all of that at this point, but as we are reminded and you show us areas that we can improve our thinking in and we repent, we change our direction, we'll step into more and more of that wholeness and the brokenness will be fading in the distance through the rearview mirror. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Holy Spirit, you said that you wanted to help us facilitate Jesus' ministry of mending broken hearts this morning. How do you want to do that for your children this morning? Would you just place your hand on your heart? Maybe you're having physical palpitations in your heart right now. Maybe there's something physically going on and the Holy Spirit wants to use that saying to you, He's speaking to you right now. I'm speaking to you, my child. If you're in the building or under the sound of my voice and you've never said, Lord, I believe that what you did at the cross through your blood has made me a brand new creation and by your blood all of my sins have been forgiven or removed as far as the east is from the west and then you are not counting my sins against me if you've never declared that and asked the Lord to come and live inside of your life with that brand new life that he's given you maybe this morning the way you start your journey of mending your broken heart is accept what he's done for you and be reconciled to the fact that he loved you and gave his life for you if that's you this morning just declare right now with your mouth, Lord, I believe. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. That was the first ministry of Jesus. And now he will continue to lead you, guide you, direct you by his spirit to heal that brokenness. Now, everyone with your hand over your heart, declare one more time, I am not broken. Thank you, Father, that you have mended my broken heart you are releasing me from all of the effects that have been detrimental to me due to a broken heart I'm released in Jesus name now just pray your own prayer right now with your hand there over your heart just as a symbol of faith because we're not talking about that organ that's pumping blood we're talking about the deep inner hurts of your life. Would you let the Holy Spirit minister to you as they sing now in Jesus' name?